0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, Member FDIC.
1: Hook 'em up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn.
2: Well, this guy said getting my flight to Bama today. That might be a little a little late.
0: Yeah, you might be a little late on that one. I know Longhorn fans excited about that
2: <laughs> that game. Maybe. 17 days of that game. I'm say, we're buying tickets for that early? Hell, last year. Well, <laughs> United Airlines been offering uh, since August nonstop flights for you from Austin to Birmingham. Oh, I, I What? That's it. That's strange.
0: A nonstop flight from Austin to Birmingham.
2: It seems strange to you. Supply and demand.
0: I guess so. If there's demand Mm. for the
2: flight, we'll give you the flight. Damn right got that. A lot of people want to go to that game in uh, Mm. Tuscaloosa,
1: Alabama, Mm. in 17 days. I'll probably be sleeping in my car. Are you going to that game? I'm going to find a way.
0: Wow. I love that. I love that mindset. I'm going to find a way. And I'm willing to sleep in my car to
2: make it happen. Should I find a fill-in for Monday, mm-hmm. or what are you gonna make it back? I will be back
1: because
2: <laughs> we will be on the air on Monday, <sighs> win or lose for the Longhorns at Alabama. Yeah, wow. I didn't. Uh, that's good. I'm just gonna find a way
0: to get there. Hey,
1: if you leave that, if you leave Friday night, you could stay in New Orleans, and then New Orleans what like five hours away from Tuscaloosa.
0: I, I've never done the math. You might be right about that. Yeah. I See, get,
1: have fun on Bourbon Street. Then wake up in the morning. Wow. That game's that night. Yeah, a few hours pregame. I love it. What could go wrong? Head back in the morning. <laughs>
0: you don't think about that when you're young. You just all you think about are the the benefits. Yeah, I've become
1: a parent
2: now. Yeah, like exactly. what you going? Four hours, sixteen minutes from uh, New sorry, Orleans yeah. to Tuscaloosa. Ty's right.
1: Okay, there you go. Even Ty. It shorter than I thought. <laughs> there you go. Via um, I-59.
0: I like to plan out stuff like that months in advance. I like at ties right now. Like, I think I'm, I think I'm going go well, to go there. I, like. I got,
1: I got some friends that already got an Airbnb. Just, it was a um, expensive, so I'm thinking maybe I just crash. Get, I get there and I'm like, oh, well, I'm here. we crash on the I'll couch. Give fifty bucks. Yeah, I sit yeah. on the floor. I'm fifty now because when I when I was Love younger it. than Ty, we made a road trip to
2: Athens, Georgia. Just you know, over four days, we we drove back and forth.
0: For what? Just for the hell of it or just for an event? Girls.
2: <laughs> Chicks. Girls. That, you know what? And
0: that's well worth the road no, trip when you're young. It, well, it, it was when I was- Many when, a road it, trips inspired well, by I've that. Called, it, it was
2: when I worked at the, the guest ranch in Wyoming that summer, and there were you know part of the crew. We went to the University of Georgia, so they invited us, and my buddy and I was like, well, let's go, because we, we, we had a four-day weekend mm-hmm. from school, because it was Founders Day, so we made the trip, and they, Georgia was playing a home game got to see the Dave Matthews Band do a concert in downtown Athens. It was a great week. Great trip. Great trip. But I, I'm, exactly. like,
1: I'm like Ty. Now I'm 50. I'm like, yeah, what could go wrong? I mean, yeah. Everything could yeah, go I wrong. i to
2: plan this thing out.
1: Something <laughs> <hell are> <laughs> will go wrong. I can hear it. I'll <laughs> come back with some stories, I'm, I'm sure. Well, that's oh, yeah. right. That's
2: what we want stories. We live vicariously through our 25-year-old single producer. God Bob bless Bob him. 9. God bless him. Hey, so yeah. That, by the way, <laughs> this says I'm in the aerospace industry, guys. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Somebody who actually knows something. And a something. plane, an airplane owner. I get extremely defensive when idiot morons like Jay Jones make uninformed, dumbass Arkansas statements that everyone <laughs> just accepts. Yes, flying is a very safe.
0: Oh, yeah, crackers.
2: of course it is. If we're you're just, safe about just it's fun. very safe. We're just having some fun. More dangerous to get on I-35. But it is a great quote from Jerry Jones.
0: Were, but it was, I think he was just trying to highlight the affection yeah. that Jerry Jones has for one Micah Parsons. Yeah. The, the adoration that he has for Agamara.
2: Jerry's 80 years old. Now. He doesn't care.
0: Yeah, he not, he's not worried about the other other first, uh, what, that was a former defensive player of the year. Yeah, Stephon Gilmore's Gilmore, And a guy you just traded for to be a starting corner. Not worried about him. Or Brandon Cooks, who he's flying to play. No. Wrote about hey, Micah Parsons. I
2: I do want to chastise Cooks for getting in that (laughs) airplane with the best part of the team and flying up there with him.
0: The best part of the team. (laughs) (laughs) That is why the best part of the team. I was saying between that and when the reporters asked him about Zach Martin's holdout, he goes, I got to pay Micah. And it's like, what? Hold up. Who says that? Who mentions another player's contract when you're being asked about the holdout for your Hall of Fame offensive line? He's like, nah, I got to pay that. You know
1: that Micah's definitely going to like nice dinners with just him and Jerry. Oh yeah. No uh, doubt. Yeah, you're right about that, Ty. Oh, it is a no magic question. Jerry bus relationship. Yes.
0: I totally agree with that, Ty. That, that is definitely happening. Just because Jerry I'm wants you, You're my boy. Yeah. That's Jerry's it. like, come on, Micah. I got something I want to show you. Come on to the house. Your family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, you know what? Well, That's say, where you want to be, though, with Jerry, because Jerry will put you down with – ask uh, Troy Aikman and ask all those – Eamon Smith. Uh, when Jerry likes you, Jerry will put you down
2: with investments. Well, and to Ty's mm-hmm. point, I don't want to spoil, if you're not having caught up on winning time yet, the uh, the rise of the Lakers. There's a great – the ending scene of, of this episode is J- Jerry Buss and Magic Johnson having dinner with Norm Nixon. And it's pretty, oh, it's, yeah. it's pretty clear to Norm Nixon all of a sudden that, oh –
1: Magic's his boy.
0: Magic's his. Yeah, that, that they, they BFFs now, man. You,
1: Jerry and Norm walk in. He's like, oh, C- Jerry, it's so nice to finally be able to just hang out with me and you. He's like, yeah. Jerry's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, Magic's here. Irvin's here. <laughs> and he calls him Irvin. He calls him Irvin. Irvin's here. <laughs> and Magic's just got that big smile. Hey, Norm.
0: Um, yeah. No, man. We know that Jerry loves him to Michael. So that contract go reflect that love, guys. Oh, just wait. That new contract will reflect the love. Yeah. Show him the love.
2: Now Brandon Cooks for his part of that whole controversy, I love this too. He says uh, that was probably the last flight of the year. I'd obviously never do anything like that during the regular season. We'll get back to it in February because like crashing an airplane in February is different than crashing an airplane in the regular season.
0: <laughs> At least he's got priorities right. You know,
2: no. <laughs> it's and all they, about the football. And he's a good pilot. He's got more than 250 air hours, and uh, you know, he's I'm a sure part he
0: he's a I, pilot. I yeah, I'm sure he's I'm sure he is a good pilot. But hey, even though all those small planes always kind of freaked me out too. Anyway, just because yeah, they, yeah I, I feel you feel everything in those small plates. Yeah, been up in those a couple of times, uh, but yeah, no, I'm glad Jerry Jones once again let it be known he loved. When is that contract going to be signed? I wonder. Well, I think they're working at the end on of the, the, now.
2: But, I, yeah, I think at the end of the year is when he can. Right, this is his third year. Yeah, at the end of your third year of your rookie you deal, when you can, can get negotiate. Yeah. yeah, so it's when this season is over. Yes, is when that'll come down, uh, but yes, you know, I think a lot of people believe he's the odds favorite to be the defensive player of the year, and he needs to stay healthy. But the Cowboys are planning to utilize him and weaponize him on defenses in the uh, in the NFC this year. Hey, let's get to the other headlines, trending topics, and then we'll uh, get some hard knocks conversation. Also, Rod's got a rant. His first of the morning. Let's uh, hit it up. UBO business services. Yes, yeah, start over at UT Texas athletics back on Friday. University of Texas at Austin asked the UT System Board of Regents to approve a new seven-year contract extension for the Athletics Director Chris Del Conte. That deal will be agreed to. He's going to be locked in through 2030. Yesterday, UT announced that thanks to a $10 million endowment, Uh, From longtime UT donors Lois and Richard Folger, the school now has the largest endowment towards a named athletic director position in the country. The Lois and Richard Folger Athletics Director Endowment, it's called, will provide, it says in a statement from UT, will provide perpetual flexible funding for non-salaried strategic use, empowering the athletics director to launch new initiatives, enhance the excellence of the Texas, Texas athletics for years to come. Major League Baseball, one game now separates the three teams atop the American League West right now. Five weeks to go in the season. First place Rangers dropped their sixth straight ball game last night. Lost at Arizona 6-3. MLB wins leader Zach Gallen improved to 14-5. Struck out 11 Rangers over six stellar innings. In Houston, meanwhile, Astros pulled within a half game of Texas with a 7-3 win over the Red Sox. Kyle Tucker hit a home run. Justin Verlander threw six scoreless. In Chicago, the streaking Mariners made it eight straight. They beat the uh, White Sox 6-3. to three. They're now just a game back of Texas there. Uh, prior to the game on the south side, White Sox announced they have fired Executive President Ken Williams and General Manager Rick Hahn. The Pale Hose won the AL Central just two seasons ago, but they're sitting at 49-76 and 76 this season. Speaking of plummeting, how about the uh, New York Yankees? They fell to Washington last night 2-1. to one. The Yankee Stadium, they've now dropped nine in a row. It's the Yankees' longest losing streak since 1982. Exact opposite going on at the Dell Diamond. Round Rock Express matched their franchise record win streak. They've won 13 in a row now. They open their series with Salt Lake with a 9-6 win. That's their longest streak for the Express since 2004, back when they were a double-A team. They're going to look to set the all-time mark tonight against Salt Lake. That game starts at 7.05. This segment brought to you by
0: UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. In uh, Roger round the day, we'll get to uh, a Cowboys conversation Nice about the uh, the Cowboys quarterbacks. I want to have a conversation with you guys about it. Ty's a Cowboys fan, so I think Amen. he'll, have a, he'll have
2: a strong opinion about this one. Counting down the days to that, too. Uh, by the way, one injury in the NFL to tell you about. I saw where uh, Cowboys played the Seahawks on Saturday night, Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. Caught that long touchdown he had pass. A hand On that now, play, right? he suffered a fracture to his hand. Yeah, I saw that. Pete Carroll says he'll be out three to four weeks. They hope he's back for the start of the regular season, but that's now in question for the rookie out of Ohio State, out of Rockwall, Texas.
0: And the Cowboys had a ton of injuries.
2: I mean, yeah, They so. ended up
0: losing two guys for the season. John Stevens, the tight end, and the horse to Marvin
2: Can I play you, before you get to the rant, some hard knocks last night?
0: Oh, yeah, let's do it. I didn't watch hard knocks, so this will be a nice little preview. Hard knock.
2: I did not. I saw a little bit Teaser. of it. I was actually watching the winning time Lakers deal while I was watching the Astros and Rangers. And it was, it was a flip screen last night, man. The that was a
1: good episode. The Larry Bird episode. I did.
2: It was good. It's good. They cast Larry Bird pretty well. Yeah. Pretty well. Uh, yeah. They're kind of going behind the scenes with the hitch, the Hick from French Lick. I like Larry that. Bird. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, because remember in the first year, the Lake Magic Johnson won the championship, beat Larry Bird in the Celtics. Second year in 81, the Rockets, Houston Rockets beat the Lakers in the first round of the mm. playoffs with Moses Malone and then the lakers then the celtics beat the rockets to win the championship. So now within the first 2 years magic has a championship, bird has a championship Already. and we know that it was a, a bit of rivalry between the two.
0: a rivalry that lifted the nba. But it's also showing Seems-
2: you the rivalry between red arbuck and jerry Buss. and it's uh, Oh, that's ruined. good. Yeah. Did they
0: do a good job casting
2: red yes. Arbuck? Okay. Yes. Pretty good. Yeah. I mean, you got to suspend some dis- some belief, but at the mm-hmm. same time I think they've done a very good job uh, on that show. That's an HBO show. I
1: didn't realize that Larry Bird played for Indiana. And Bob Knight
2: and left, mm hmm,
1: left to Indiana State.
0: School. Where you end up, end up at Indiana State, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. The Sycamores. I used to have a great in I used to have a great Larry Bird Indiana State jersey because they're baby blue,
1: yeah, they're baby blue, they're
0: baby blue, was real which was more clean,
2: which blue. more along the lines of Larry Bird. It was, you know, that's the agricultural school in mm-hmm. uh, Indiana State, a little closer to his. Was home. it Bob Knight he couldn't get along with? They, they don't even go into that, but I, I don't know mm-hmm. the full story. Essentially, they're showing him coming home. But uh, you can check that out on HBO. On HBO last night, it was episode three of Hard Knocks. The first one I like is, how about this? Quentin Williams is very likable. Quentin oh. Williams, the defensive D, D tackle, tackle. He's awesome. Star D tackle. Just signed a huge contract. He's out of Alabama. He was a game wrecker for Nick Saban. Uh, top five pick of the just Jets. Just got paid. Just got paid. Listen to him, though. He's so he's, so He's talking about Mike Evans here. Mike Evans, they were doing joint practices with the Tampa mm-hmm. Bay. And listen to the Williams talking about uh, Mike Williams body shaming him. He didn't like it.
1: Mike Evans called me fat.
2: He called me fat, bro. Mike Evans.
0: Bro, I lost weight this all season. I look fat. Now I'm self-conscious, bro.
1: Yeah, I would say. On, uh, Damn, bro. No. I think
0: you well, I, I feel.
1: Oh, you think I? want it. Do I look good to be 300 pounds? Okay, cool. So, you're proportionate. You're
0: proportionate. Yeah, no other ways to to say you know somebody is larger without throwing it out that you're fat. Because, fat is because
1: you're not skinny. <laughs> <laughs> that's so I good.
0: Like, I like it more, it's more like husky. It's, that's another good term, husky. Yeah, he said you're big you're, bone. He said you're thick. Yeah, thick.
2: You know, nobody, nobody you don't really call like, guys Mike, thick.
0: thick. Thick is for the ladies. Mike She's Evans, thick. Mike Evans called me fat. Yeah, fat. Do I yeah. look fat?
2: I lost weight, bro. <laughs> and then his teammate says, well, you ain't skinny. You ain't skinny, man. Husky. Will but, I look good for 300? Yeah, there, oh yeah. There are
0: way more uh, terms to describe a, um attractive, bigger woman that are that, that, that I think are at least not they're, they're complimentary. As you can see, it's called Like BBW, a big, beautiful woman, right? Or she's thick. That's when you say a woman's big, but she's thick. It's like, man, she's sexy, but she's big. That's thick. When you're talking about a big guy, like a, 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 an attractive, bigger guy, there are no real good terms to describe him. You don't say he's still... You don't call a man Girthy. Thick. Girthy is not a good term. That's not a complimentary term.
2: No. Let's hear that again. Quentin Williams. That's not a complimentary term. He's not. He's, not, he's like, Mike. Yeah, I love Mike He used to call me fat. What you call me fat for? My name is called me fat. He called me fat, bro. Mike
0: Evans. On, go, bro, I lost weight this off season. I look fat. Now I'm self-conscious, bro.
1: Yeah, I would say. No, skinny. Damn, bro. But I, I think you're oh, You think I? We want it. Do I look good to be 300 pounds? Okay, cool. Okay, cool.
2: You're
0: proportionate. You're. Proportionate. You're not skinny. There's no term for it for women. it's all time you can be full figure. That's um, another term. Oh my God. For my it. man
2: Bucky, you say round shoulders. Round shoulder. I don't know. That's not complimentary. <laughs> all right, one more piece of hard yeah. knocks on. Then it's Rods ran on the Cowboys, but uh, I want to play. Shapely. Is it Listen all to this. This is Randall Cobb. So first, you have the wide receivers coach gathered with the wide receivers. That's the scene, and the wide receivers coach who knows Randall Cobb knows Aaron Rodgers very well. He's played with Aaron Rodgers and ask him to explain to the to the receivers what's up here it is
1: what do you guys think man honest opinion of today
2: hmm?
1: I was just talking to 12 or 8 and
0: he was just telling me you know we had a lot of mistakes in our room today just basic stuff little things right like we can't have that and it's all cool right now but I'm telling you one day i to shoot that if he don't trust you if he don't not like throwing interceptions so if he can't trust that you're gonna run the right route, he's not gonna throw it. It's just a matter of time. Continue to work it and stay in your book and stay locked in, so we can get to where we want to go. There you go. There you mm. go, Randall Cobb. Yeah, I mean, basically, you you met the representative, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> you, you ain't met the real the real Aaron. The game game time Aaron Rodgers. Game day Aaron Rodgers. I bet is very different. He's yeah. about his business.
2: So I like how Randall Cobb started that. And said, "Well, I was talking to 12. I mean, I mean, eight. Eight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because uh, yeah, he knows him. He knows him. He knows him really and well. And he's telling the receivers, he's going to lose
0: it. And you know who, uh, who who probably ordered that message to be disseminated? Eight. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Like, hey, you need to tell these youngsters, man, because I don't want to do it. I don't want to be the bad guy. Would you go be the bad guy? Because I don't want to be that guy yet. And then they'd be like, oh, man, this Aaron Rodgers, I don't like him so much anymore. Because that time is going to come. Because cause leadership is confrontational. Yes, That's the truth. You can't have leadership without confrontation. You're going to have to do it at one point, um, whether it be to hold people accountable or just to motivate and push other guys. And I don't think Aaron Rodgers is there just yet because he's still getting to know well, a new, guys. And
2: that's probably why he's playing Saturday night, uh, even at the mm-hmm. risk of any type of injury. Uh, he needs to get more chemistry with this team. And so that's the receivers coach, I'm sure, is hearing it from Robert Sala, who's hearing it from Aaron Rodgers, and Nathaniel Hackett, the office quarter, saying, hey, you get these guys in line here. Yeah, they're running the wrong routes. They're not where they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Timing's off, and I look bad when yeah. that happens. And
0: I'm about, I'm about to I'm about to lose my ish. <laughs> and y'all don't want me to do that. Not early, because then these cameras are around too. And I definitely ain't gonna do it in front of these cameras.
2: Right. Yeah. And Randall Cobb is letting him know, hey, so keep th- doing it. So
0: them cameras gone. He's <laughs> go. He go rip you a new one.
2: Hey, well, what is it? A F around and find out.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. That's exactly what's going to happen. But you know, for a quarterback, that's we saw. We we heard that Quinn Ewers is starting to do more of that.
2: I don't know if he's getting that on that. but
0: he they starting to hold well, guys Tom accountable. Brady. How
2: many times did we see Tom Brady?
0: You have to as a quarterback. You know,
2: leadership is confrontation. It I is. like that a lot. You've got to be. You got to be not afraid of conflict for you, sure.
0: You can't be afraid of it because it's going to happen at one point. You can't. It's unavoidable.
2: Well, I mean, you've heard from many strong leaders saying, "Look, I, I'm not here to be liked. I mean, that, that's not the job." Uh, we were trying to get a job done. Uh, so yep. if i got to ruffle some feathers. All right, let's drive into Rod's rant of the day. First of two, over five hours.
0: I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens
1: when people stop being polite start getting real you ain't keeping it real. my god okay it's happening everybody stay calm oh like you've done doing it doing. now it's time for rod's <laughs> rant of the day hold on to your butt look
0: at these terms for <laughs> they're supposed to be for big guys that are supposed to be complimentary that's there, not that's not a lot of terms that you can throw out there for a man who's you know a little uh a little big that also means he's attractive a little sexy it's a little sexy bigness tough for for the guys out there. For ladies, it's a ton of those different terms. Anyway, uh, let's talk about the Cowboys because I've noticed something on social media and I even noticed it, you know, know, years ago with Dallas Cowboys fans when it comes to their quarterback. What are you talking about? Romo before Dak or obviously Dak right now. Cowboys fans are hard on their quarterbacks. Have, have Have we actually talked about who Cowboys fans have been more critical of? Dak or Romo? Do you think The Cowboys fans were more critical of Romo or Dak because they were really critical of both. They've been really critical of both. The Cowboys fans, I would say, even half Cowboys fans don't like the, have not liked either of their starting quarter, their last two starting quarterbacks.
1: I feel like Cowboys fans have been more critical of Romo, but he was also more loved, so it went both ways. Nah, got more ceiling was higher, less middle ground.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. You could add that, but. Yeah. No, I could I could see that Um, because Romo was I remember being a Romosexual and people being very critical of Romo at the time like this. That Romo was basically inadequate, (laughs) was an inadequate starting quarterback in the NFL. And the the point I want to get to is that the Cowboys have really kind of put their fans in this position. And I'll kind of break down uh, you know, where I'm coming from. I believe the Cowboys, because of their bad organizational habits, and one of their bad organizational habits is they don't draft a lot of quarterbacks. They just have not throughout the years. They just don't operate like that. Uh, since 1999, uh, they are tied for the fewest quarterbacks drafted in the NFL since 99. Uh, they don't draft a lot because they've actually been really lucky, considering that uh, that essentially kind of general manager malpractice, in my opinion, by drafting so few quarterbacks over that two decade time, two decade plus time span. And because of that, you know, they have almost lucked and forced gumped and stumbled their way into starting quarterbacks and franchise quarterbacks, and. Most franchises would probably be in a worse place right now if they had approached the quarterback position so irresponsibly like the 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 Cowboys have. But the Cowboys, in my opinion, are the luckiest team in the NFL the last two decades plus when it comes to uh, the quarterback position. They just have been really lucky. Think about it. They had an undrafted free agent become a franchise quarterback. That's happened how many times? Twice in the modern NFL Maybe Kurt Warner, Kurt Warner and yeah. Warren Moon. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't happen very often. Undrafted free agent becoming a franchise quarterback, starting quarterback, yes, but not a franchise quarterback where you're building and constructing the whole organization around, face of your your team. And then you go look at Dak, and Dak was a happy accident. You know I mean? Well, they didn't expect Dak to be a starting quarterback. They drafted him in the fourth round. He ended up being behind Kellen Moore. Uh, Tony Romo gets hurt because he's fragile. He gets hurt, and then Kellen Moore gets hurt, and then the happy accident. He's Viagra. Right, they thought it would be a heart medication. Turns out, it also helps erectile dysfunction. You know what? It works better for erectile dysfunction. Let's go with that. That's Dak. <laughs> they didn't expect him to be, you know, the franchise quarterback, but he was doing pretty well in 2016. They decided, let's go with Dak. And you know I it, It's fine. I, I think they actually have uh, found themselves a franchise quarterback. So I'm not, I'm not a Dak hater, and I'm not a Romo hater. I actually like both of those guys. I'm just kind of getting at to the. The root and the genesis of the vitriol that some Cowboys have for Romo and or for Dak. There's a great Chris Rock bit. Second Chris Rock reference on the show today. Great Chris Rock bit. And you guys might remember this. He's talking about and I don't agree with the Chris Rock bit. So, ladies, don't get mad at me. Uh, But he's talking about why uh, women in relationships and in marriages complain a lot. And uh, one of his takes is that your woman is complaining a lot. She's uh, always unhappy and she's always frustrated and she's always criticizing you because you're not her first choice. Simple. <laughs> you were her first choice. She had some other guy that, you know, they. she messed that up, and she's probably thinking about him, and you were the guy she settled on, and that's why she's always complaining about you. That's Cowboys fans. I believe Cowboys fans believe they settled on Dak and settled on Romo. They never had the prince that was promised because the Cowboys never draft a prince that was from. last one was Troy Aikman. Right? They don't draft quarterbacks really high so the fans can, uh, the, the quarterbacks can ingratiate themselves to the fan base. And then you have the, uh, the projections and then you'll have the, uh, the, the predictions about, you know, how's, when's this guy going to ascend to being, you know, the franchise quarterback? You haven't really had that timeline with Cowboys. They're almost kind of shocked and awed by, oh, this guy ends up being our quarterback. And I think some Cowboys fans believe they settled on Dak and they settled on Romo. They never went out of their way as a as a, a franchise to prioritize quarterback and go d- draft or acquire what they believe is the best quarterback possible. And there, you know, maybe there is some, uh, you know, that there could be some credence to that to that argument that the Cowboys' their organizational habits, and uh, one of them being that they don't draft enough quarterbacks, has really uh, had a psychological effect on the fan base, and since it's gaslit the fan base a little bit about the quarterback position. Well,
2: and uh, around them. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round when they already yes. had Carson Wentz. Yes, exactly. You got yeah. Nick, Like like you can yes. take a quarterback if you have a quarterback that <laughs> yeah. maybe has a ceiling. Nick Foles. You, Nick Foles. I drafted Nick Foles? Too. Right, you can actually draft a quarterback who may actually be better. Yeah, it's Which like, I think is what, you know, pragmatic Cowboys fans would say. Like, Romo was Romo a miracle, was a miracle <laughs> yeah. and he developed into a great player, but was he the best you could do? I mean, because people would have been, we've, I've been on the radio the entire time that this was going on, both yeah. these quarterbacks in exactly. the fair, well, if you're going to get rid of Romo, who are you going to get? Well, you know, you can draft people Keep along the way, because yeah. they might get better. <laughs> you might find the one. Uh, same time, you're right, to go back all the way to Troy Aikman was the first pick of the draft, and... Uh, the the can't miss quarterback that is the last time they've drafted a quarterback that high without yeah, a doubt without yeah. a doubt they just don't, that, draft them they don't, don't draft him high and Jones Jones drafted a lot well, well and who was in charge that was Jimmy Johnson <laughs>
0: and then Parcells is Romo
2: and Parcells had and you was know,
0: well, Sean Payton right that kind of thing yeah but that's that's a that still wasn't Jerry Jones necessarily
2: well because because Parcells when he got there brought Vinny Testaverdi with him and then that's he got right. Bledsoe uh, to try to man the ship and then Romo emerged out of that and uh, became, you know, cause I think Romo's probably more loved than Dak because Romo played on some really bad teams. Romo kind of carried some really not very talented Cowboys teams. I can see that. If, if you remember. You know, Dak Prescott came in and kind of took over a really talented team. O-line uh, was already built. O-line was built. Zeke was in his prime, or came into his prime. Yeah,
0: Dez, Jay Witt.
2: Yeah, they had some good squads. Jason and had uh, yeah. some you know, and now the because and and now Dak is seen as the reason they can't get through San Francisco, right? They can't get through the divisional round. We got everything else, and whether this is true or not, it, it's you. Dak's You're, holding us back. Dak's our Dak's our uh, ceiling, yeah. and then this is the, the, the conventional wisdom. Now, you know, again, if, if in 2014, which was the Cowboys' best, I mean, 2014 is the best Cowboys team since this team. That's
0: yes, on paper, agreed. That's, that's a, the dense catch. The, the des- catch. Not catch. None catch. catch, catch yeah. Yeah. They win that
2: game. Who knows. Romo's storyline might have been different because they may have gone to the Super Bowl that year. That team had six Pro Bowl, eight Pro Bowlers, five or six All yeah. Pros, and that was Romo's best year. Yeah, Demarco Murray led the NFL in rushing that year. Romo was an MVP conversation, yeah, in for sure. And so we'll see. Dak this year's got a lot of pressure. I mean, there's no question about that. This is this is his time. the The spotlight is on him, and the the team and the coach have made it pretty clear. Like, we'll go as far as.
1: He takes us.
0: Yeah, and that's why they let Mike McCarthy call the plays now. Because last year they think Dak may be regressing. The fear is that he's regressing. Well, that's
2: the fifteen picks, and yeah, and uh, they they were. They, I think there's a there's a sense in the organization they want to play the style of play they did when Dak was out, the Cooper Rush four and one record mm. where they played low scoring games, let the defense win the ball game, don't make mistakes because if you have a great defense and the Cowboys on paper an, elite an elite defense, yeah. you don't need a great offense. You need an offense that's good enough. You just don't need to screw it up. Yeah. You don't need great. Low risk. Low it's kinda risk. like the Chiefs, right? Your your offense with Patrick Mahomes is always gonna be elite. And with Andy Reid. Your defense doesn't have to be great. Just don't be a liability. It's gotta be good enough. Yeah, yeah. Just don't, it's gotta just, be yeah. good enough. Don't be a weakness. And so the Cowboys, that's their argument. In a league that's more and more offensively driven, we'll see. But yeah, it's going to come down to number four. Uh, four.
0: Last stat here before we uh, close out the conversation: the Cowboys. I'm sorry, sorry Cowboys fans, for this stat. I know it's going to put you in a bad mood. Cowboys are the only franchise with two quarterbacks to play in three or more divisional round games without winning one. Ouch! You just don't. You know, that's Romo and that's Dak. Well, sorry, Ty. Ty was upset now. Yeah, well, he's never
2: <laughs> seen a winner. Uh, exactly.
0: and But they keep, that was that, if you think as a Cowboys fans, man, this seems to be, it seems like we're cursed. It this seems like there's a lot of pain, a lot of suffering that we always get to the same point and we can't get past it, then you are right. That has never happened in the NFL in its history where a team with two quarterbacks gets to that same point so many times and yet none of them, neither one of them can overcome.
2: Uh, well said. And, of course, one was an undrafted free agent, the other a fourth-round pick that was kind of an afterthought uh, on the draft board for the Cowboys that year. Those have become your franchise QBs in Dallas. We'll come back. Uh, there's Rod's rant of the morning, first one of two. Also, we'll hit the uh, bullish or BS conversations before the end of the hour. Coming back, though, we'll pick up the uh, uh, the Longhorn conversation. Vince Young days, 10 days to the start of the Longhorn season. Coming back. Ow.
1: Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin, Texas Sports. We talked when you were in New York, and I know you were very disappointed not to walk off with a Heisman Trophy
0: award. I think you like that piece of crystal a little better, don't you? Oh, it's so beautiful. Hey, don't y'all think that's beautiful right there? That is so beautiful. And it's coming home to Texas. It's coming home all the way to Austin, Texas, baby.
2: Austin, Texas, baby. Vince oh, Young. Uh, That's right. It's uh, Vince Austin Young Day. Austin, Texas, baby. Because it's uh, V-Y. Ten days, ten days to the start of the Longhorn football season. The Rice Owls in town for a <laughs> two thirty kick. Going to be hot. Going to be hot, but it's uh, going to be a hot ticket as well for the Longhorns. Uh, that means we're 17 days to the showdown with the Alabama Crimson Tide in Tuscaloosa, and we are certainly counting down those days. We mentioned uh, in the headlines and off the top of the show that the Longhorns athletic department received a $10 million gift yesterday, but it, we called it an endowment. It's an
0: endowment, essentially a sponsorship for the athletic <laughs> uh, director position. They oh, just yeah. they basically have sponsored it now. Maybe so they should have,
2: but this, the word endowment reminded me of a text we got that said, we were talking about uh, Quinn and Williams, Michael Evans called him fat. Somebody texted <laughs> and said, you know, girthy can be good. could be a compliment. <laughs>
0: oh. Well, yeah, but you're not for – well, actually, right, you know what? I'm not even getting into don't that. go, don't <laughs> go, go into it. go to it. We're it, talking it, about it, an
2: endowment. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's only,
0: you only use that term to talk about certain things. So not, nobody uses that term for other, other stuff than like that. I'm not going there. Yeah, well,
2: yeah. Uh, <laughs> endowment can be two things, too. But the, the $10 million dollar endowment <laughs> from longtime UT donors Lois and Richard Folger – Means Texas now has the largest endowment towards a named athletics director position. So essentially, Chris Del Conte's—he's the senior athletic director. He's He's—he's got a long title, Chris I Del Conte. These so,
0: now you got to add this to it: Lois and Richard. Lois Fulger. and Richard Folger,
2: <laughs> director at the, you know athletics position. And I—I I, I did not know this, but I got to give our buddy uh, Joe Cook over at Inside Texas credit. He, in, in his story about this today, he points out that uh, Chris Del Conte is the first athletic director to have an endowment. In his name. Yeah,
0: I thought I had never heard of it, period. But you said there are some other coaches, examples. Coaches yeah.
2: at two places. Um, at Michigan, Jim Harbaugh is not just the head football coach at Michigan. He is the Jay Ira and Nick Harris family head football coach.
0: Oh, was it Jay Ira and Nick Harris? Yeah, is that Jay, Jay, uh, Nikki, Nikki J. Ira and Nikki.
2: Okay, there you go. I'll so sure. essentially Ira and Nikki Harris family head football coach. I like that. And at Notre Dame, Marcus Freeman is the Dick Corbett head football coach Dude. are these
0: are these people uh still with us do you know that i don't know okay
2: they've just endowed it doesn't matter They pay for
0: it <laughs> you pay for it you can name it whatever you want to name it Essentially, <laughs> <You laughs> it's a sponsorship you know that's I mean? all it is yes honestly is it is it really that much different than a stadium sponsorship no. and naming you know what i mean like that the n- field naming rights yeah field it's, has it's a the name. same thing a, they want to make it fancy call it an endowment i get it but it's a sponsorship that's all it is. And C D C is smart. He's a rainmaker. He just he generates revenue and people love giving him money.
2: So he will receive that contract extension through twenty thirty worth almost twenty million pending approval. He but deserves it, it. Like when you read the statement, uh, the, the, the ten million will provide perpetual flexible funding. <laughs> so ongoing money. <laughs>
0: yeah, I like how you're breaking it down. For and non, deciphering
2: it. For non salaried strategic use. So you can't pay Employees with it, yeah,
0: but you can use it for other stuff.
2: Empowering the athletics director to launch new initiatives and enhance the excellence of Texas athletics for years to come. Wow! And free uh, water at a hot football game. Is this a <laughs> is
0: and is this an annual thing or are we talking about just it's paid one time fee and you're good? Okay, I think one it's time a one-time gift. One time gift. All right. Let's make Plus, sure
2: you can invest that and make that no make yeah. more.
0: Yeah. Like we said, they, they go, so I said, now they're going to start – I mean, the coach, Steve Sarkeesian doesn't have one, so I'm pretty sure. Just wait. <laughs> so I should be like, hey, I want one of those. We're like, well, we have a coach here for you. Oh, uh, Rodney Terry, that, the basketball position. And, oh, Eddie, Eddie Reese has got to have one. He yeah. should have one already. Eddie Reese, because that, and I, was, I was, it should be the Eddie Reese. You should call the, Eddie, Eddie Reese call the Texas swimming and diving coach the Eddie Reese <laughs> uh, swimming and diving coach. Like you just call it the Eddie Reese, even when he's not there. Just call it that. You don't even need an endowment, damn it. He's won so much. Just call it that. It's pretty impressive,
2: though. Hey, we were talking about <laughs> uh, FAU coach also has an endowment name. But no, is that oh. Tom Herman? Is that right? Mm-hmm. So I heard an interview with Tom Herman the other day. I'll have to see if we can pull some of that. Uh, Tom and Michelle. Hey, so we'll get uh, bullish or BS coming up before the top of the hour. Things were uh really high on and bullish on right now, maybe not so much on some others, including this, tie. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, somebody texted us this stat, and uh, it says Rangers going to Ranger.
0: Oh, man, come on.
2: Texas Rangers Mm-mm. go back to August the 15th, which was mm. only seven days ago. Seven days ago, according to the fan graphs the analytics the numbers yeah the, uh the rangers had a 57% chance to win the american league west the astros had a 40% chance and the mariners had a 3% chance since august the 15th the rangers are 0 and 6 the astros are 3 and 3 the mariners are 7 and 0 now those same metrics say the rangers odds to win of the al west are 25.6% the astros are 50% the mariners 23 almost 28% or 24% <sighs> Yeah, what is like, What is happening? I'll take, that the,
1: I'll take the year over the last week. Yeah, well, no, uh, Big, dogs, but big also, dogs stay on top. They're also projecting they're trending the remaining the schedule. The remaining yes. schedule, yeah. which
2: we've told you they got a tough schedule. is more difficult than the Astros. The Astros had the easy—we told you this two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Even though the Astros were still three back, the Astros had the easiest of the contenders for divisions or wildcard. Astros had the easiest— Strength of schedule for their opponents the rest of the way. The yeah. Rangers had the toughest. Actually, when we mentioned it, it was the Astros had the third easiest. The um, Rangers had the toughest. And, you know, the, the, the Rangers, what, who are they owing six against this week, right? They lost to a first-place mm-hmm. Brewers team, three straight. They lost to an Arizona team who's in second place in the NL West, but in the, you know right there with the wild card in the NL. Very good team. Lost to Zach Gallen last night. And now they get a day off, the Rangers, and then they're going to Minnesota. The Twins are also yeah. a first place team. And they're rolling in the NL Central or AL Central. Astros are playing the Red Sox right now. Mariners are the team that, like, I think they're right now. I think the Mariners might be better than both of them. Uh, yeah, they're certainly playing better than both. But um, you know, until because I, I would, you know, if I'm an Astros fan, I look at that and say, okay, 50 percent chance to win the division. But I don't believe that if Framber Valdez doesn't start pitching better, because right now Framber Valdez, outside of a no hitter. His starts since the All Star break have been trash. Yeah. Verlander's the only starter
0: that's pitching yeah. well right now. Christian,
2: Christian Javier has been below mm-hmm. average. Uh, Hunter Brown is not pitching well. Yep. Uh, these are your starting pitchers. Um, you know, Justin Verlander brought it last night, which, you know, he said he found some things on some film study. Yeah, but if he not was, for him, uh, you'd be in trouble. Yeah. I mean, uh, so the Astros aren't going to win the division if they don't figure that out. And if, mm-hmm. you, if you tell me Fran Valdez is going to get back to form, then okay, now you got Verlander and Valdez, and we'll figure it out beyond that. But, uh, Astros have plenty of offense right now because they're healthy in their lineup. And Kyle Tucker is playing to a to a super high level. He hit another home run last night. Uh, Jordan Alvarez. Oh, how about Jordan? He's finally yeah. back and hitting. He smashes his finger in the door at his house. <laughs> These baseball
0: injuries. <laughs> baseball injuries are always so weird. Yeah, well. it just it's strange. He's, was he just... I don't know. What did he, he say he was doing? Just regular yeah, you know, stuff? Finger
2: in the door. Finger in the door. Finger oh. in the door. I know
0: it happens, but... It seems like the the injuries that happen to normal everyday citizens like us, just gin pop, happen more to baseball players than they do to any other athletes. They get more gin well, pop
2: injuries. You know, if, we, <laughs> if I slam my finger in the door, I'd be here doing the show this morning. I, just, exactly. I wouldn't be able yeah. to swing a bat.
1: That's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's
0: true. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah,
2: I mean it's a different skill set. But I would also say that uh, we'll see. I mean, the Mariners are the team playing great. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, if you're a if fan had of two
0: Cop- eight game win streaks in the same month,
2: yeah. Or in the calendar month, I should say. The Mariners are red hot, and the yeah. uh, Rangers had been red hot, and now they've cooled. I think competition and level of competition is, is catching up to them a little bit, and that's the story of the rest of the way. Astros need to get Valdez right, uh, or else it's not going to matter. I just don't see enough starting pitching in Houston right now. Uh, gosh, J- if you're an Astro fan, thank goodness for J.P. France. I mean, where mm-hmm. would the Astros be without the rookie? Uh, who? One. And don't look now, but the Astros, both J.P. France and Yiner Diaz, are putting themselves into the American League Rookie of the Year conversation. Yiner has 18 home runs now. I mean, Yiner Diaz has been a godsend for yeah. them behind the plate, and J.P. France has been their, their second-best starter behind Justin Verlander. Uh, really, J.P. has been great all year long. Uh, he's been their most consistent pitcher since coming up from uh, AAA. Uh, he's been outstanding. So, yeah, that's where the Astros and Rangers stand. Mariners there, too. Meanwhile, the Yankees have lost nine in a row. The New York Yankees have not lost nine games in a row since 1982. Nineteen eighty-two, Rod. Wow. Uh Safe to say, Aaron Boone is his job security not good. Um, people yeah. wonder about Brian Cashman though in New York, where they fired the general manager. Uh, that is he now. He's
0: been a, he's been there forever. Right? Yeah, the Cashman.
2: He's been there I, and uh, longest losing streak since eighty-two. Last time the New York Yankees lost so many games in a row, the, the their starting lineup featured Dave Winfield, <laughs> uh, the, the Willie Randolph. A 21 year old young superstar named Don Mattingly. Damn, that's a um, long their time. Their pitching staff included Ron Guidry, Dave Rigetti, and Goose Gossage was their closer.
0: At least you know if you're a Yankees fan, they're going to be spending, they're going to making it rain this offseason.
2: Yeah, the guy they're smiling to, is Shohei. Yeah, because even if
0: he doesn't end up being a Yankee, they about to make a hell of a bid. <laughs> they're, well, I mean, they're, they're, they're definitely going to set the price. Yes. They'll set the price.
2: Yeah, because they're going to be uh, – the the, Yan- the Yankees are, are kind of old and not very athletic mm-hmm. and uh, That's strike about to out change. too much. That's about to change. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> there you go. Uh, there's some baseball. Those are the numbers. Hate to tell you, Ty, but now the Astros, the odds favored, according to the metrics, to win the division. Uh, that happened so quickly.
0: <laughs> I feel like just last week we were talking about hey, how well the Rangers were playing.
1: They were tied with the Rangers like two weeks ago. You're right. That's true. Well, if the Astros win tonight, they point. play the Red Sox. The
2: A- Rangers do not play. If the Astros were to win tonight, they'd be dead even. They'll be dead even atop the uh, NL West, AL West. And um, Mariners also play the White Sox, and they can pull closer too. Hey, we come back. We will hit the bullish or BS conversations brought to you by the Austin Gamblers. Also, uh, get back into some behind the burn orange curtain conversation after the top of the hour. Remember, we're at number eight in our horn top 20 countdown this morning, as well as we count down the number one in college football. A lot to do. It's E, Rod, B, and Ty with you on the horn. Bullish or B.S. Brought to you by the Austin Gamblers. Yeah, Bullish or B.S. There's my guy, William Clark Green. William will be part of the uh, musical lineup for the Austin Gambler days that are coming your way Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, The team, the uh, pro bull riding team, the Austin Gamblers off to a Tremendous start to their year, 8-1, and 8-1. and one. They've lost one game head-to-head. They'll face the Carolina Cowboys on Friday night, of course, Saturday, and then on Sunday to wrap it up. So Gambler Days, and it also features that live music each night. William Clark Green on Saturday. Our friend Kevin Fowler will be uh, the, the music. I think he goes on at 1230 on Sunday ahead of Gambler Days Sunday. And uh, Friday night, there's a guy named uh, Warren Ziders who will play, and he's got a new album that came out yesterday. I was checking that out yesterday, Rod. Pretty darn nice. good. Mm. Pretty darn good. He will be the Friday night entertainment for Gambler Days. And we've told you, get over to our website, hornfm.com. You can register. And uh, between now and Thursday night at about 11 o'clock, we're going to be giving away uh, weekend passes. So to all three nights, two two of you, you and a guest for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for all the fun of Austin Gambler Days. Nice. I like that. Very nice. And that uh, leads us to our Mm. bullish or BS conversations. What are we bullish on or BS? Including this, Rod and tie, and then you guys can can lead me down the road. But uh, I saw this. According to BetMGM Sportsbook, as we sit here this morning, Joe Burrow is the current odds favorite to win league MVP honors at minus or plus 600.
0: That's weird because they're talking in Cincinnati they may miss some early games because yeah. of the calf injury. That, and that's... they're debating whether they should rush him out there at 70-something percent or keep him out for a couple of
2: games early so he can get to 100% and won't risk re-injury. Yeah, Joe Burrow now plus 600 concurrent. Patrick Mahomes plus 650. Hmm. He'd be the odds favorite for most people. Josh Allen plus 750. Justin Herbert plus 1,100. Jalen Hurts plus 1,100. Do you have a favorite, or who are you bullish on? to win the league the, MVP. The
0: reason Patrick Mahomes is not the leader's because we you know basically we get tired of seeing the same athletes win over and over again and because Patrick Mahomes has already run an MVP and a Super Bowl MVP. Um, I just think there's a you know I think I think with him maybe they understand that you know people may be a little tired of seeing Patrick Mahomes at the top of the list. Maybe better, so people just want to bet that they'll go with Joe Burrow as a fresh face.
2: Uh, I think there. If you're betting on him, you're betting he's going to be healthy. Yeah, and you're betting he's got weapons, and he's got Jamar Chase and T. Higgins got and weapons. Tyler Boyd he's and got Joe Mixon. Yeah, he's got weapons, and they believe the offensive line is improved. Um, he's got more weapons. I mean, Joe uh, Patrick. He's got way more than Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> not even close. Is there is there someone you would be bullish on that is not um, among the top couple of favorites? Ty Tua, Tua plus sixteen hundred.
0: That's good value.
2: I like Trevor Lawrence. Plus 1,600.
0: Got great weapons around him, too. Just got Calvin Ridley, and you got a lot of good weapons. And
2: I think Trevor's yeah. coming into his own. I think that playoff win last year and then the near miss in, in Kansas City. Got a
0: hell of a coach, too, and Doug Peterson, yes.
2: offensive mind, quarterback guy. I think his ascent could be. I like uh, that one. He could be on a fast track. And then Jalen Hurts wouldn't be a bad bet either. I mean, he's plus 1,100, but he was so good last <laughs> year. All the weapons are back. Hey,
0: Justin Herbert, a lot of people think he's got a lot more weapons, too. They just added Quentin Johnson to the mix, got Kellen Moore, got him a new O.C. now. So that's another guy that can end up, you know, ascending into that conversation.
2: Justin Fields would be a name that some people are looking at, it. plus at 2,000. And if you want to vote on, bet on Aaron Rodgers with the New York Football Jets. J E T. jets Remember, before last year, Aaron Rodgers had won back-to-back MVPs with the Green Bay Packers. Some would say he has better weapons now in New York than he did even at Green Bay. But not a better O-line. He is plus 1,600.
0: Not a better O line though. Yeah, yeah. O line is crucial. Uh, yeah, so I think I think it's basically fatigue that they're uh, counting for in these uh, current odds. And there's Patrick Mahomes fatigue because he's been so damn good. <laughs> yeah, and we want we want to see somebody else new in that group, and that's why I think Joe Burrow. Uh, you're right. He's placed in a perfect uh, at least in a situation right now because he's got so many weapons. Like I don't know. If there's a quarterback, and in fact, that's the mystery of Joe Burrow. We haven't seen Joe Burrow without these weapons. Yeah, even at LSU, had he, he had tons of great dudes. weapons, dudes, Including Jamar Chase, yes. <laughs> and then when he gets to uh, to Cincinnati, they draft Jamar Chase, and he still got you know playmakers all around him. I do wonder if he can do what Patrick Mahomes did: lose your best receiver like Tyreek Hill, and still have a yeah. better season. That's what Patrick Mahomes did. He lost – Both, by the way, both of them did. Terry Q had a better season than he did with Patrick Mahomes, so give him props too. They actually separated the best receiver and the best quarterback, and they both ended up having better seasons without
2: each other. That's mm. rare. And think about it. Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes is coming off the greatest quarterback season of all time. Right. I mean, like, and that you can say, well, that's an opinion. No, actually, no one's ever did done what he did last year. He led the NFL in passing yards, in touchdowns, won the league regular season MVP, won the Super Bowl MVP. No one's ever done all those things in one year. Lost his top receiver without Tyreek Hill. Lost his top receiver. And and did who all was that. his top receiver? Juju Smith-Schuster. Charles Kelsey is basically his Kelsey top receiver, his top, but yes. it's a
0: tight end. You're right, receiver. I don't. I'll say I don't know. I gotta go do the research. We'll take
2: your vote. Who is the uh, odds favorite for you? But
0: I'm bullish on the Joe Burrow one. I, I, I agree with that. I'm bullish on
2: that. And uh, yeah. you know who's not bullish on this piece of news? Females all over the interwebs and Uh-oh. social media are not happy that Joe Burrow is now engaged to his longtime girlfriend Olivia. Holtzmacher. Oh, can
0: I see her? Roll, scroll down. Brother. Olivia Holschmacher. Scroll down for me. Oh yeah, good for Joe you. Joe Cool's
2: been dating good Olivia you, since they met while t- attending Ohio State University back. Ah, uh, you got
0: a real one before he made it big, before he became Joe Cool,
2: the hunky Joe Burrow. Mm hmm. Yeah. Oh no, ladies Heartthrob. love Joe Burrow. They're not they happy. Do.
0: It's all right. Hey man, he got a
2: real one. You got, you know, you got a real that's one, the one, That's the one. That's the one. Good for you, Joe. All right. Bullish and BS brought to you by the Austin Gamblers. Bullish on that weekend. You're going to love it. I'm going to be there on Friday night and excited to do it. And uh, hopefully you get out there this weekend. Get to AustinGamblers.com to get your tickets now. They're very, very reasonable and affordable. You have a great time. I promise you. Whether you go one night or every night. Also, we're giving those weekend passes away for two at HornFM.com.